Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. Believe it or not, we are 11 episodes into the season. We had a bye week, but we're heading into week 8. How are you, Rocky? I'm alright, pal. Hanging in there. What about yourself? How is uh, How are you getting by in this dark, dark October? For... For a man that's alright, pal, that was a dramatic pause. Yeah, well, you know me, I I, I am generally <laughs> such a dull person that I have to at least act as if something is afoot. Well, what's your opinion on Halloween? You big fan of Halloween? Trade deadline this year? No. No, I'm uh, not a, a massive Halloween fan. Uh, I'm a scaredy cat. Um, so, not, not a massive fan. No, and... I have to, as having recently become a townie, I have to purchase sweets for the neighbourhood kids. Uh, fiscally, it's a bit of a nightmare, if I'm honest. Um, Absolutely. But look, well, that's we digress. Lots to get through this week. Absolutely. Yeah, they're shit. Lot to get through this week. Um, we'll kick things off around the ground, then we'll have mm. fort and goal, and then we'll, we'll just do a quick preview. So, won't keep you here too long folks but before i kick in now sasquatch that uh so i suppose one of the most impressive performances of the weekend was obviously the baltimore ravens and just a stat for the listener out there um the baltimore ravens have outscored their opponents 55 points to six in the first quarter of the season so fast starters um they most certainly are absolutely um but but what's that? That's Rocky coming in with his own Sasquatch stat. His Rocky stat, if you will. Not to, not to briefly move on from yours, but I wanted to get in on this action. If you'll have me. Um, yeah, give it in. As you know, and as, as we're about to read out, the New York Giants won a football game this week. Tyrod Taylor has become the first black quarterback to start and win a game for the New York Giants single-handedly to start defeating racism and uh, on this podcast we salute you now around the ground oh we're so going to get (laughs) cancelled no we support that (laughs) big fan of the old um, putting racism to the sword unless unless sentiment you're suggesting the sentiment on this podcast is is different i think the delivery kind of leaves that up to interpretation but uh look we digress and i'm just gonna fire through the the results and hope there's not too many um cantankerous people listening um no generally it is, it is good and it's actually Segways nicely. I do have a, a point on that in agree to disagree. Um, so kick things off. Jaguars overcame the Saints thirty one points to twenty four. As you mentioned, the Ravens overcame the Lions thirty eight points to six. The Bears overcame the Raiders thirty points to twelve. The Browns in in an absolute ding dong overcame the Colts twenty nine points to thirty eight. One of the upset upsets. Uh, the Patriots dismantled dismantled successive. Uh, overcame the Bills, upset the Bills anyway. The Giants, as mentioned, overcame the Commanders 14 points to 7. Uh, 
the Falcons overcame the Buccaneers 16 points to 13. Seahawks put the Cardinals to sore 20 points to 10. Another shock kind of result. The Steelers overcame the Rams 24 points to 17. Broncos victorious over the Packers 19 points to 17. Chiefs over the Chargers 31 points to 17. A result that is definitely biased the remainder of this podcast. Eagles 31, Dolphins 17. And just last night, the Vikings upset the 49ers 22 points to 17. But without much further ado, we're going to kick on to fourth and goal. And Rocky, would you be so kind as to to take the wheel? I surely will. Uh, As you say, we're going to blitz through these and listeners will probably be happy because I'm bringing up the Eagles for the second consecutive week. Um, I think we've hit our quota, so don't worry, we won't be talking about them for another month after this at least. Anyway, last week I explained away their la- their loss to the Jets. Uh, some would say I was sucking down the copium. Um, but I'm here today to make an apology to the Eagles, who I think are fully deserving of their 6-1 record. Uh, you heard it all last year, what they're, they're, they were undefeated and they lost to Washington, but then went on to win games time and time again that they hadn't played anybody um, I don't think that's the case this year um, I think they opened up against the Patriots who had the off season to scheme against um, the Eagles uh, they've since suffered injuries and have really tailed off into one of the worst teams in the league but I don't think they were that team at the start of the year um, they've beaten the Rams, who have a record-setting rookie on their team, and Cooper Cup, and Matt Stafford is slinging it this year. And we just see, saw them um, put the Dolphins to the sword, uh, which, which I think, I think the st- the score doesn't. People will argue against this. I don't think the score does that game justice. I think the Eagles dominated, and uh, people will point to the penalties. Um, and the the disparity between them, the the sort of the the void between penalties called on the Eagles and on the Dolphins, that happens every year. It happens every week, not to that extent, but there's variance in this. Um, there are calls. I, I'll grant that the the Bradbury face mask absolutely should have been called. I'll grant that the roughing the passer on Jalen Hurts was probably a bit soft. But I think, top to bottom, the Eagles look like uh, a Super Bowl contender. With with, uh, And it's hard to argue against that. And they just got better last night. Yeah. Um, with the addition of Kevin Baird. Few things Byard, to, to just note. Mention. Yeah. Um, I think, a few points to note. One... If you think we're done with our quote of Eagles talk, you're wrong. It's an absolute lie. Um, look, thankfully for us, two seasons into the podcast, the Eagles have been there thereabouts. Safe to say. Um, maybe a good omen. Um, but yeah, look, I suppose the, the thing about, about Sunday night's performance is that's kind of what good teams do. They suffer a disappointing loss. They always kind of seem to bounce back. That's kind of go that's across the world of sports that's not an an NFL specific trait yeah look very balanced rosters just as good 
it's kind of can it's been good this season to show that the burly shove, the touch push, whatever you want to call it, it's not as easy as it looks. Um there is a lot of personnel on this roster that is performing at a high level. Like AJ Brown is on course to match uh Calvin Johnson's record. Well, um, he, he has he matched He also it. probably has an extra game to do it. Oh, I know, but I mean, it's in single season record. Um, oh, sorry, yes. In terms of total. Total, yes. Um, sorry, I was talking about... He is, the, he is obviously matching him. I was talking about the, the games with 125 consecutive games. So he's he's at five with Calvin Johnson now, and he could. He could surpass that this week. He's... I'm like, mm. we're looking at a what very well could be a Hall of Fame wide receiver in his prime. Uh, something else to watch, and we're lucky to have him on our team. Mm. With a roster that's high-performing elsewhere, and the area of concern has got significantly better in the last few days. Um, and look, ultimately, strong organisations make strong teams, and I do think where the Eagles excel is the back office. I think we probably have the best GM in the league. And I think that's where it really um, counts. And that's biased, but it's hard to argue. Um, it's hard to be modest uh, when it comes to how we... So yeah, look, Eagles one to watch, definitely. Um, to the naked eye, at least, it looked like the Giants were better offensively without Daniel Jones under centre. That's... Probably sounds a bit strange considering it was 14-7. It was against the Commanders. It was a divisional matchup. But they certainly looked it. I don't have any stats to back it up. It's only just on a kind of a a quick a quick rewatch of all the fixtures over the weekend. Is this potentially the beginning of a very expensive end for, for Daniel Jones in New York? Because it just it just hasn't worked this season. It was always the fear having given him such a substantial contract that last year was a missing omer and it looks like that is the case right now. Yeah. Um, the contract they gave him, it was certainly certainly lucrative, but it's it's kind of, I think, what like a, a high-end sort of bridge quarterback looks like these days. Um, but I think that's his, his fate is sealed in that that is what he is going to be um, the reports going around. Tyrod said it himself. There's no quarterback controversy when he's back, when he's healthy, when his neck injury is back. Um, he's quarterback one. Um, I was about to make a, a defense for him, saying that his O line is just like, like really, really, really poor. Um, but you know, Tyrod made it work. Um, so I'm not really sure. What the issue is, if it is his neck injury that's lingering, we'll have to wait and see what it looks like when he does come back. Um, but for a team, the New York Giants, who had all the aspirations in the world coming into this season and at least felt confident, you know, they might have been wondering about the rookies and the new pieces they brought in. Um, they probably thought they had something of a consistent quarterback in Daniel Jones who had made steady progress to where we got to last season and he is bottomed out like people won't talk about Carson Wentz 
going from hero to zero anymore because they're going to look at what well, they might still because he went to the Super Bowl. But Daniel Jones is it's almost a, a, an even more dramatic um, flop mm-hmm. because it went from you know one hundred to zero, whereas Carson Wentz sort of declined over a couple of years. It's just been a nightmare scenario for the Giants. Uh, and it was ultimately Carson Wentz showed he was patchy. He just had an exceptionally long patch towards the beginning that made us feel this guy was something special. Um, and ultimately, that Eagles Super Bowl didn't involve him in the postseason. Mm. Um, I think it was week 12 he got injured against the the Rams, which I'm not sure if they were St. Louis. I think they were LA. It was kind of they the were, first yeah. few seasons of, of LA. Um, and ultimately, he had other patches where he took us to the playoffs one year. We lost to the Seahawks. Clowney put him out with a concussion early on. That was and he, and he, he could have games, but Daniel, yeah, but Daniel Jones has been, he's been poor all year. He's not given a game at least or a glimpse. Very much seems like last year was an anomaly. Um, from where I sit, anyway, maybe, maybe the the gang or the the Gotham fatal faithful can can talk me down, but I I certainly believe. Last year was just the anomaly, um, and this year is, is return to form. Um, it's just it's, disappointing given however. I was just going to say the fall from grace has just been so stark that you have to wonder if it you can just chalk it up to being an anomaly or whether you know Daniel Jones' injury has been a factor from the start of the season. Um. Look, it's I, I, I just feel it's a bit of a cop-out to say last year was just 100% completely a mirage and everybody... I just I feel as if there's something um, behind the scenes that's not... Um, and maybe it's it's something as simple as, you know, the division and teams sort of knowing what to expect from Wink Martindale and New York's defense um, as well as maybe... Uh, their offense last year last year they sort of had low aspirations and expectations and people have just taken them seriously and basically nobody has been underestimating them this year and and the the actual talent divide which we said was there last year is just more apparent this year maybe fair moving Slightly west. We'll move. From New York. Um, yeah, we will move on. So conversely to my point that I made just now and last week where I was gloomy about the Eagles last week, um, was I too high on the Lions last week? I mentioned that they could be a team that over the next month we'll regard as one of the best in football. Um, and look, obviously they suffered a pretty embarrassing defeat to the Ravens. Um, consequently, I think I was a bit down on the Ravens too. But what, what, what? How does this move the needles for you in your opinion on the Lions? Is it a, is it an outlier? Is it one of those games you can just say, ah, chuck it out. Every team has a game like this, or are there legitimate concerns for you? 
I think thing with this game is there was a few fair few injuries on the on the line side of things. I'm trying to get the list up. I was looking at it kind of the other day. Um, I think there's 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 two things that are kind of true. I think there was a number of injuries in the Lions roster. I think the Ravens probably p- played the best game they've played in Lamar Jackson's tenure, and I that sounds like a wild concept considering he's a former MVP MVP player. But I think it was one of his most complete performances. I think they just hit the net. They just came up against a side that was just. Red hot. I do. I do feel. Um, not just yourself, but a lot of people have been almost sleeping on the Ravens this year. Oh, no, They're I kind have. Of, uh, that's a confession. Kind of been, I've been high up on them um, all year, so I'm not surprised. Um, I think I might have actually predicted them to to beat the Lions. I wasn't predicting the scoreline. If I did, I'm pretty sure um, I took the Lions plus so three, think, and you took the Ravens minus three. So you were comfortable with that. Uh, that uh, Ravens mm. pick. I didn't predict that. I didn't think that score. Obviously, um, yeah, I think it's just injuries. Off they came up against a side that was just at a hundred percent. If they play that game again in two weeks' time, I think it's a lot closer. And I think we kind of have to give. I know that's their second loss, but. You kind of have to give the Lions the opportunity now to come back. If if they if they're if they're poor again on the weekend, it's less. It, it's probably less about the result. It's probably more about the performance of the weekend for me. Um, if they're if they're poor again on the weekend, you think that maybe maybe the wheels are coming off a little bit. Not the wheels are coming off, but that we probably positioned them too highly. Um, particularly um, if they give a good performance yeah like Dan Campbell sort of regarded as and I don't mean this in a bad way like he's he's not regarded as a, a strategist now I don't doubt a second that he has a football mind and and he is um, excellent at drawing up game plans it's just his sort of his sort of uh, image is that of a motivator you know the, the Americans mm. call them rah-rah guys um so i if you if you were to look at some of the players that are kind of pillars of their team frank ragno who's constantly you know in top five three discussion um for top centers in the league he's kind of stacked two poor games as has um halapuli vati vaitai uh, as has aiden hutchinson Jameson Williams had a nice catch last week, um, but had a few drops this week, as has uh, Amonra St. Brown. So a couple of their prominent players have been stacking some poor games, so I'm not exactly sure it's you know endemic on the Lions. Or maybe it's just a, an outlier of two games, but we will want to see them bounce back rather than continuing this slide, I think. They do have a have a have a good kind of fixture to bounce back against. Obviously, they play Monday night football this weekend, and they face the Raiders, so they'll be confident they can turn the tide anyway. But for me, it's more performance than result. If if we see a good performance, I'd be uh, I'd be quite confident that it's it's a it's a missing omer. 
it's a bit of a blip. But uh, look, speaking of performances, another performance that kind of caught the eye at the weekend. And the question I'm asking you is, it's very specific, and it's, it's Miles Garrett. And I just think, given his performance at the weekend, given how well the Browns have been performing this season, defensively, is there scope that he is currently the best defensive player in the league? Or if he's not, who matches him or exceeds him? Um, well, some of the names that would come to mind, um, you know, for contenders for this, you know, it's sort of the usual bunch. Nick Bosa, who's just got paid in the offseason and hasn't had any dominant moments this season. Particularly if you look at him uh, versus Minnesota last night. Almost a no-show. Um, you could look mm. at TJ Watt, who certainly, certainly has had his moments this season. Um, obviously, you're sort of the, your your mainstay defensive backs. Like Jalen Ramsey, obviously, isn't in, uh, hasn't played this year so far. Sauce Gardner, who won Not Rookie of the Year. Yet. Is again, he's not continued on that top top level play. Um. So, despite the lack of contenders for this, even if if he did have competition, Miles Garrett is just blowing everybody out of the water. I think. Um, he is, and it. I suppose sorry to go across you there, but just more importantly, because of how. Like. Nick Bosa can go out and have an exceptional game, but given, I know obviously, look, last two games probably not good examples, but given how explosive that 49ers offense is, he's not as important to the winning of the game. Yeah, that's absolutely For me, true. That Browns defense, I think defensive MVP, uh, we're looking at him. Um, but yeah, what a, we touched on it last week. We, we talked about the Browns defense. An awful lot too. I think they might need to to get that Philly Philly treatment and kind of disappear for a few weeks. But look, it's you you talk about what's topical and Miles Garrett was just a, he was on a different planet on on Sunday and they very easily could have lost to the Colts. Not to be disrespectful for the Colts who've been plucky this season, but he's a huge reason why they won. I also think last year. That brown side loses to that Colts. Such has been the improvement. Mm. Not just in Garrett, but in the Browns. Yeah. Look, yeah, they probably have the most valuable... Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to argue that he isn't the most valuable defensive piece. He might be the most valuable non-quarterback piece. Um, certainly mm. with players like Jalen Ramsey and Justin Jefferson sort of being sidelined for the last couple of weeks. Um... I don't think there's any offensive player having, you know, mind-blowingly great season. Um, McCaffrey. McCaffrey is certainly the uh, the the. Yeah, my my point would be that, outside of quarterbacks. Miles Garrett, and the likes of Christian McCaffrey, are easily, the top contributors to a team. Um, and but the next ones on the list might all be defensive before you get to the next most uh, contributing defensive player. Offensive player. 
Fair. Um, next point, and we'll kind of blast through this. It's more of a, a comment almost. But we've seen all the consensus top teams struggle at times this year. Is this year the year with the most parity over the last five, ten or so years? The records, I don't think, um, back it up. But I don't think any teams are really running away with it this year. I know I just kind of gushed about the Eagles earlier on. But for the first five weeks, we have said, oh, you know, there's a loss coming. You know, they 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 pulled out the win, but there's been this issue. Um, the 49ers looked like the most complete team, but we see them lose two in games in a row. Mm. Uh, the Chiefs certainly aren't what they were. Yeah, Burrow I, I... hasn't bounced back completely to form yet. No. Bye week is crucial for them. Um, look, I like like many out there probably predict the Bengals to go on a bit of a bit of a run. Um, in terms of parity, yeah, I think there's probably I think there's probably two classes now in the NFL. I think there's like an upper tier and I think there's a as a bottom tier which is quite poor. I think we've seen a number of kind of rosters elevate themselves. I think the last three weeks for me, the Jags have definitely gone, okay. I haven't been concerned early doors. Trevor Lawrence is a franchise quarterback and, and a good one at that too. Um I think you look at the sides that were say five and one last weekend and I know the uh, Lions lost, obviously. But in the NFC, I think you have four to five teams that not only can make the NFC Championship game, but are, are capable of winning it. And I think if something similar in the AFC, I, I, I would probably draw a line in the Buffalo Bills. I think they'll have a good record, but we just know there's a weak link there. I don't know whether... We're going to get to it later, obviously, but... I don't know what that weak link is, but I do think there's a weak link there. Um, I think the Ravens put a statement win. It's not maybe a comment on parity, but I think I don't have experienced a season yet like this where every weekend we're changing our stance. We're like, oh, the 49ers are the best team in the league. or oh, the Eagles are the best team in the league. or oh, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. It's just constantly changing, and I think it kind of does kind of speak to parity. Yeah, I think no. if you look at last year, you know, you if you looked at uh, if you were to imagine NFL teams on a tier list, you would have at the very top. Obviously, the Eagles were the story last year, and the Bears might have been at the bottom. I think if you were comp- to compare that to this year, you'd sort of chop maybe that top tier off and you know sprinkle it on the middle tier. You still have that the low tiers, obviously, with Carolina. Um, and probably Chicago still, but it just feels like the the ceiling of the great teams is is closer to the the ceiling of the other sort of teams beneath them. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. Look, I, I think I don't see like a like what the Giants were last year this season though. I don't see a side that. That's that's definitely a playoff team, and no more. At at present, maybe the Seahawks are still in and around that ballpark, but I think 
last year felt like we had last year we probably could have called a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl in the regular season towards the end anyway um, this year right now where we are considering it's week 8 I am not confident calling no a Super Bowl um, at all and the Chiefs look the Chiefs are still 6-1 and one as well so we're, we're sleeping on them slightly this year I think too but uh, look to, to discuss one of the sides I'd mentioned in kind of your question um, Buffalo Bills an absolute Buffalo special on the weekend mm. and I suppose the question I have for you it's, it's quite an ominous one uh, Buffalo fans you might want to turn off now um, but given the sample size we have now it's, it's quite a sizable one um, it's quite a long time we've had Sean McDermott and Josh Allen in situ uh, given the sample size we have now of this combination of coaching and roster and these kind of strange performances we get all too consistently. They're not one a season. You're probably looking at two to three, maybe even four a season. Is it just flawed somewhere? And is it destined to always flatter to deceive? And I'll tell you why I ask this, because I'm quite an ag- if, if I was a GM, I'd be quite an aggressive one in that I'm not sure consistent mediocrity to to good is good long term for for an organization i'm more keen of like championship chasing and then looking to build it up and i think buffalo have a history of you know four falls of buffalo are we kind of looking at a similar future at the current reiteration of the buffalo Bills. yeah um it's a good point because, yeah, we talk about teams that are sort of locked into the mediocrity. I almost feel like the Bills almost have a worse fate now for the last couple of years and they're locked into being good and just good. I've never felt like there's been mm. a team. I've always felt if a team, if I feel like a team can get to the, um, you know, the conference ship game, they could probably go on and win the Super Bowl. They'd have a great chance. For me... It feels like Buffalo were the first team that I would say their cap is the AFC Championship game. Like, I could see them winning mm. that game, but, you know, I'd find it a hard, very difficult to actually pick or have confidence in for in them in the Super Bowl. As you say, it's not just in high-pressure situations that Josh Allen, you know, drops the bucket or or whatever. It's, it's in these... You know, their bread and butter division games where absolute honkers are are put out there. Yeah, like, like yeah, look, I don't, don't want to overreact, but it, it most certainly is the worst Patriots outfit I've seen in my life. Yes. And I know, um, I know, um, Buffalo are, are dealing with injuries. I know their, um, Micah Hyde is out, um, kind of key, key defensive players, um, but even just the 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 offensive makeup, like Josh Allen, okay, look, he is a, a top five, top three quarterback. Uh, but the O line is not stupendous. Stefan Diggs is obviously still an excellent route runner, but what's around him? Gabriel Davis, like he's a a fine 
wide receiver too that'll have a big game, you know, once every six, seven games. James Cook is pretty good. Um, Dawson Knox is pretty good. I just don't think they have the the guns to hang with the the other contenders in the AFC. What's the massive loss from when they played out that absolute gunslinger of an AFC Championship game? I think it were two years removed. Yeah, I don't um, know. But it's probably the third season removed. I, I I don't see a huge drop in talent there. So like they had the potential to do that. Uh, I don't know whether it's it's Josh yeah. Allen was able to make steady progress and steady strides, and he was cool, calm, and collected. And those moments fell away. You know, obviously we saw. Patrick Mahomes scored that touchdown with 13 seconds after whatever it was, and maybe he's felt it slipping away. You know, I need to, I need to put a, a trophy on the table, and he's just gotten progressively more. Uh, desperate for results, playing hero ball that little bit more because we've seen that we've seen him, um, not take care of the ball, you know, fumble in inopportune times. Uh, it's. As you say, no huge sweeping changes on the offensive personnel sheet, but still, it just it feels very anemic compared to it was just two or three years ago. Look, maybe maybe I think everyone's just got better and they've stayed the same. Very true. Absolutely. Um, unless you have any more to um. On that one, no. we we can switch over. No. no, okay, okay. So I have down here. We'll have a brief look at the playoff seeding, if the season ended today, and the upcoming schedule for the top teams. Now that's that's a bit ambitious because if we were to look at the schedule for the top seven or eight teams, we'd be here all night. And <laughs> I know our listeners certainly don't want that. Um, so what I have here is we'll look at the top seven teams. So four in the AFC, three in the NFC. All teams that are five and two or better. And we'll look at their remaining strength of schedule. Um, so the the top two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. In fact, we'll, we'll go with it like this. Um... So the Niners, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, and the Lions all have records of five and two or better. Um, so I'm going to go through those seven teams in descending order of who has the hardest schedule. So the team with the, of those who has the hardest schedule is the 49ers. The winning record of all their... Um, Upcoming games is uh, 0.561. So, their teams... Uh, hold on a second. I had this open here. Where are we? So, their hardest games coming up. Obviously, they play the Eagles, the, the Ravens, the Jags, the Seahawks, um, the Bengals, and the Bucks still. So, you know, there are some pretty tough games in there. Um. And they're starting to look injury prone. Yes, obviously we saw Debo Samuel, Trent Williams didn't play this this uh, or last night, and we saw Dre Greenlaw 
I think he suffered an injury. Uh, unfortunately, I had to watch Game at 40 and they don't show them, so I didn't see what it was, but obviously a concerning injury. Now, they still have excellent players otherwise, mm. but um, it is a bit of a, a storm upcoming for them. Next is one of the teams you said is red hot right now. The Ravens have the next hardest schedule of, of the top teams. Um, their opponents for the rest of the season have a combined winning record of 0.554. Um, some of their tough games include the 49ers, the Jags, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and yeah, you might debate whether these are good teams or not, but the Browns and the Steelers. Obviously, the Browns have their great defense. The Steelers are somehow 4-2, and two, but both of them are also division games, so you can never just write those off. Um, write them off. <laughs> so, yeah, great team, tough sled coming up, but I'd still I'd, I'd have I'd have a little bit more confidence in the Ravens maintaining their current position. I think, um, even though I do think the Niners will make the playoffs, but we'll have to just see how they weather that storm. Uh, next is the Dolphins. At uh, five thirty, the winning record of their upcoming opponents. They're playing the Chiefs, Ravens, Cowboys, Bills, and Jets twice. So a couple of tough games in there, um, particularly because we saw them, we saw the Dolphins dominate inferior opponents and then kind of get handled by the Bills and the Eagles, the mm. two good teams they've played. So they will be tests, um, and they will, you know, for a fact, they'll be, they're circling those games. They would have anyway, but they'll be circling those games, and they'll want to to come out strong against them just to, to prove to themselves that they can stand with the big boys. Next is Philly. I'll speed through these now. Mm. Philly at 5.22. They've got a bit of a gauntlet coming up. KC, San Fran, Dallas times two, the Seahawks and the Bills. Um, you know, maybe KC isn't as scary as you thought they would be at the start of the year. Maybe the same with the 49ers um, and the Bills. So what looked like a an impossible gauntlet at the start of the year. Still tough, but uh, maybe they can scrape two or three wins out of there. Next is the Jags. Um, their opponent's combined winning record upcoming is 500. So they're playing the 49ers, Ravens, Browns, Steelers, Bengals, and Bucks. Um, so kind of a, a mixed bag there. They're also getting hot, so we'll, we'll see how they fare. Uh, yeah, Kansas, we'll see how they fare. Yeah. Kansas, you know, again, as you say, maybe sleeping on them, but they are still six and one. Yeah. Um, their upcoming, some of their upcoming games is um, if I can find them, the Eagles, Dolphins, Bills, and Bengals. So a couple of tough games there, but they've gotten through the harder part of their schedule. The thing is, if you, if you if you're involved with the Chiefs, you kind of expect to win anyone against anyone. I think they're the gauntlet side for everyone else. Yeah. And as you said, they've the they've the best strength of schedule, have they? Did you say? They have the second easiest strength remaining strength of schedule out of the the mm -hmm. top teams. Um, 
the Detroit Lions have the second easiest strength of schedule out of all teams. So really their only remaining tough game this year is the Cowboys. They'll have games then against uh, the Bears twice, the Broncos, the Packers, the Chargers, the Raiders and the Vikings twice. So you can you know, bet your bottom dollar that we will see them in the playoffs and they'll probably have a nice fat uh, win record, I'd say, to go with it. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I suppose it that's interesting in terms of the strength and schedule. It's not something I looked at. Um, I think the 49ers one is going to be interesting, depending on how this injury situation plays out. The fact that the Detroit Lions have the easiest, second easiest in the league. It's it's a it's a huge source of comfort. Uh, given they've just had a blip on the weekend and they've a, an absolute get right game. Now, mm. um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting. Yeah, I think the takeaways there is, miles. is the 49ers will have to see what they are at the end of the season now because they have the toughest remaining schedule of all the top teams and they've suffered a few injuries and the Lions, who, you know, they have to live up to expectations going against this soft schedule. So. I think any losses from here on out, you know, give or take, um, but that'll be a concern if we do see them pile up. Fair. Uh, and I suppose to round us out this season, or this season, this evening, um, the Lions divisional rivals, the Packers, they have failed to score more than 20 points in each of their past four games. Um, do we believe this is potentially growing pains or is it cause for concern for the Jordan Love era in Green Bay? Yeah, it's a tough one. It's tough to say what's on Jordan Love and what's on everything else around him. Because almost nothing else is mm. is working. You know, I had high hopes for the, the Packers coming into the season, but it's all sort of crumbled. Yeah, and they were definitely hot the first two weeks. It was like, okay, this kid can play. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I struggled to, to blame it all on Jordan Love. Um, now, saying that, I think he's in a bad position. I think with his current contract status, he mightn't be afforded the, the time to prove himself. Um, like, it's he might end up being mediocre and I don't think the Packers will want to spend a couple of years trying to figure out what he is. And also given his time in the league without being a starter, he's not, he hasn't got the flexibility in that rookie contract a lot of other yeah. QBs in a similar situation have. Uh, look, yeah, to be honest, um, there's not too much more I can say about the Packers. The last couple of weeks watching the NFL have been kind of restricted to red zone and they just haven't finished or featured too much on red zone um so i couldn't even really diagnose yet what the hell is going on except that it's it's almost every unit across the board i couldn't diagnose specifically fair yeah 
look, they're obviously ex- ex- experiencing issues elsewhere as well, and, and David Bakhtiari is a, is a huge miss. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna drag that point on much longer. Um, it's maybe something we can pick up later in the season. But right now, rapid fire, week eight previews. Yeah, we're making good time, so I think yeah, let's let's keep that going, and we will rapid fire these. All right, I'll start us off with uh, Thursday night football. The Bucks at the Bills. Bills are eight and a half point favorites. Um, I do expect them to bounce back from the Patriots, so I'm going to take the Bills here. Probably not with the points. I'd probably take the Bucks in the points. Yeah, I think the, I think the Bucks are potentially um, due a bit of a bounce back game themselves. Obviously losing to Atlanta, so yeah, that's going to be a tough one. And look. These sides are a lot closer than you'd think, uh, especially record-wise, Bucks 3-3, three three, Bills 4-3, but I'll take the Bills. I'm not taking any points difference on that one. Mm. Um, first game in the early slate, and just a reminder to the European um, listeners of this show that uh, with the clock going forward, sorry, going back this weekend, uh, all these games are an hour earlier. So if you have a fantasy side or if you just are planning your Sunday, uh, kickoff times are 5, 8 and 8.25 and then obviously 12.15 as opposed to the hour later. They typically are an hour for the remainder of the season. Texans, Panthers, uh, easy one. I don't have point spread, but I'm taking the Texans and whatever point spread you throw. It's in. three points. Um, and They yeah, have been points, this season. Yeah. They've just been... Lights out for me. Uh, exceptional. The story of the season so far for me. Um, yeah, like last year we had the, the Giants as the surprise team. I think it's the Texans this year. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Texans and the points. Uh, the next game is the Rams Fair. in Dallas. Um, the Cowboys are six and a half point favorites. Um, again, I don't know what happened to the Rams this weekend gone by, but I, I think they'll play the Cowboys a bit closer than six and a half points so the Cowboys will win but I, I take the Rams yeah. plus the points I'm back in the Rams in this one okay. um, and I'll tell you why tell um, me. roster matchup I, I don't see a huge win I, I, like I know what you, you'd point out as being the wins from the roster standpoint of view but I think it's close enough to coaching is an issue and I think I know who will back from the coaching perspective um, that and I just hate Dallas sorry Cowboys fans I'm not going to be unbiased so I'm back in the Rams I'm as unbiased as you are but I like to you know hedge my bets emotionally and just convince myself that the worst case scenario will happen you know I'm an emotional wreck so yeah enjoy listening to this roller coaster <laughs> until the end um, yeah moving on Vikes Packers look big win for the Vikes in the weekend Packers as we mentioned are kind of going nowhere I think the Vikes will put into this order in a divisional matchup. Um, but it's not a game I'd be tuning to watch. I actually think it'd be quite a low-scoring, poor game for some reason. Uh, yeah, uh, the Vikes are one-point favourites. I think um, they played an excellent game versus the 49ers. Perfect. They did everything perfectly and did everything they needed to do. I don't think that's necessarily replicable for them. Certainly not a, on a consistent basis. So, um, yeah, this point spread is probably about right. But I go with the Vikings, I think. Um, 
Yep. Um, the next game on the slate is the Saints at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are one-point favorites. Um, obviously, a Anthony Richardson is, is done for the season. Um, and Minshew Mania is the buzzword there. Um, I like Minshew. I think he's he's sort of like a, he's got a gentle and hide to him. But I think if he can if he can sort of you know batten down the hatches and just kind of take care of the ball, I like him at the helm of the the Colts and with Shane Steichen. So I'm going to take the Colts here. Yeah, I I'm kind of the same. Like, look, we we keep talking about how good the Browns' defense is, and this side put 38 points in them last weekend. That's so, not to mention that it, yeah, I'm, I'm the Derek Carr looks atrocious, and maybe their wide receiver one, Chris Olave, has just been arrested for reckless driving. So we'll see what happens there. But maybe they could be they could be down mm. a key weapon. So yeah. Um. Next up, Patriots Dolphins. Look, last weekend's results were relatively blips. Um, not blips, but um, Dolphins will rectify this against the Patriots. Yeah. Um, I've got a point spread of nine and a half. Dolphins favorites, obviously. Yeah. Um. Bill Belichick always has funny divisional games. I just don't think they can do it two weeks in a row. So I think Dolphins will outmuscle them here. Yep, dead on. Um, next game is the New York Bowl, the Jets at the Giants, um, and the Jets are three-point favorites. This is an ugly game to pick. Um, Jesus Christ, I'd I'd flip a coin to be honest with you. If Tyrod Taylor is starting, I'd Jets. probably take the Giants. If Daniel Jones is back, I'll take the Jets. That's where I'm at right now. I'm I'm going going Jets regardless. I think Wilson's had a bit of a run. Um, yeah. Um, Jag Steelers uh, give this game far more credit than I would have given it a few weeks ago. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting game stylistically, if nothing else. But the Jags, for me, are going to come out on top. Um, but I expect it to be tight. Um, I'm thinking like a 2017 scoreline. Um, favour the Jags. Uh, yeah, Jags two and a half point favourites. Again, I don't think the Steelers should be four and two. So I'm going to go with the Jags here again. Mm-hmm. Um, the next game is the Falcons at the Titans. Um, we've seen Tennessee kind of kickstart their fire sale by trading away Kevin Byard there. So I I think um, as well, Will Levis is going to be getting the start. Um, and mm. I think I think Atlanta have one of the top defenses so far this year. So I'm going to go with the 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 Falcons here, kind of cautiously confident about it. Or is that an oxymoron? Yeah, Can no, you look, be they, cautious they pick the one. Yeah, you can. Okay. Um, yeah, look, they, they picked up a win and look, their star man, Bijan, had one carry for three yards. I think he wasn't quite feeling well. Yeah. Um, so, look, I'm, I'm, 
I'm high enough on the Falcons. I, they have an issue with quarterback, but outside of that, they're, they're quite a complete roster, quite a young, exciting roster, so they can fix that QB position. They'll be launched into playoff echelon fairly It's quick. just weird to um, think of me, the Falcons anyway. as, a, the as next... a defensive team. I've always thought of them as 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 a, a very offense-based team, whereas that's kind of switched a little Typically bit. they are. Yeah. Yeah, switched a little bit, but then they're, they're so explosive on offense. Yeah, well, they, they um, would be more so if Desmond Ritter was a little bit more consistent, but yeah. yeah. Um, next up, obviously, then, Eagles face the Commanders. Look, last game was exceptionally tight. Very lucky to beat them. They're a bit of a bogey side for us, obviously. They they broke the, the win streak last season. But you have to back the Eagles. If they're upset, they're upset, but you have to back the Eagles in this one. I think the Commanders are a bogey team in Philadelphia. And this one is, this iteration is in Washington. I think the Eagles win this one handily. The next game is the Browns at the Seahawks. The Browns are three-point underdogs. Seahawks, three-point favorites. Um. Gonna have to go with the Seahawks here. Just it's we might have seen Deshaun Watson play his last game this year. He obviously he came back in saying, "Oh, I'm not so sure if I good if I'm good. I've got a torn rotator cuff." And he came back in and was subsequently injured. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he if he sits out a couple of games, maybe the rest of the season. So PJ Walker time and. I'll take the the Seahawks, their defense, and Gino. Do, 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 do. I'm going to lean the Browns. Okay. Uh, yeah, just to be cantankerous. Um, next up, Ravens, Cardinals. Not going to waste a whole heap of time. The Ravens could go out and give a bit of a performance that makes you question like why you have them so highly ranked they've done it. They, they kind of play poor teams close but I think they're going to win regardless um, so I'm back on the Ravens yeah same the Cardinals are 1-6 and six. like this is not a conversation yeah. same um, right. then the Kansas City Chiefs are travelling to Denver the Chiefs are 8 point favourites uh, yeah it's one of those ones you can't talk or say too much about it it's got to be the Chiefs here fair um, look without a shadow of doubt uh, the game of the late slate Bengals 49ers uh, as we mentioned Bengals off a bye Joe seems to be getting right just before the bye 49ers seem to be hitting a bit of an injury slump uh, that being said I do not think that they can it's it's a crux time for them they can't really afford to lose three on the bounce but I'm, I'm still backing the Bengals for this I just have a good instinct um, so I'm back in Bengals. Yeah, the Niners are five and a half point favorites, and if they didn't have those sort of injury concerns, I'd say that's justified. But just with those, I probably would hedge my bets and 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 go with the the Bengals here. Okay. Um, then the late game on Sunday is the Bears at the Chargers. There have been some awful primetime games this year. And this might top the yeah. ticket. Um, the Chargers are eight and a half point favorites. Um, 
which is outrageous for two teams that are, correct me if I'm wrong, two and six? Oh, sorry, two and four, sorry, two uh, and four. Um, oh, the Chargers are two and four. Bears are two and, and five. Yeah. Two two-win teams, and one of them win. is an eight-point favourite. Um, but I am going to go with the Chargers. They should win. Yeah, same. Uh, apologies, Keith. Um, yeah, what a what a brutal game for Sunday, and it doesn't get much better on Monday. Um, look, as mentioned, it was a get-right game for the Lions. They face off against the Bears, against the Raiders. Sorry, the Raiders are three and four, and in many ways, probably the worst three and four side I think I've ever seen. Um, so I'm backing the Lions to get right, get back to where we think, well, where we thought they belonged last week. Yeah, same. So, the Lions yeah, are eight point look, favorites, and. Yeah, I'm going to have to side with them. There's kind of very little reason for confidence um, in the Raiders, particularly if, if, if Jimmy G can't play. Which we know he can't. Um, but look, on that note, that's all from me. And that's it from me. Thank you. And good night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.